0: Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market Site, overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Carter Worth, Dan Nathan, Guy Dami, and we're also joined by Jeff Mills, chief investment officer at Bryn Mawr Trust. Right on. Going out with a bang, the S&P 500 handing in its best week since early June, but that wasn't enough to turn the markets positive for the month. All three major averages ending August in the red. The NASDAQ, the worst performer. So with August was August just the calm before the storm? Look at the big month ahead. We've got a new round of tariffs kicking in Sunday. That's followed by the jobs report later next week. Then the central banks take center stage with the ECB meeting in mid-September. And then the biggie, the Fed decision, September 18th. So are we heading into a September to remember or a fall to forget? Guy.
1: Can't it be both? Because I think oh, okay. people will remember September in the fall and to forget. And
0: want to forget it. Think,
1: right? So in this case, the answer is it's to your question is both of them. And welcome to Jeff Mills. Look, it made sense to me that the market rallied this week. End of the month, people wait for the long holiday weekend. I get it. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the week. But I'm, I believe that the next couple weeks will be as dicey a period for the market as we've seen in some time. I still think the market sell-off will culminate with the VIX around 31. The VIX actually on a benign tape today rallied on a Friday, which I find interesting. And I do think we're in for some serious headwinds. You could have the President over the weekend say, you know what, President Xi and I had a beautiful conversation and we're going to delay these tariffs and maybe on Tuesday we get a to bounce off the back of that. But in my opinion, the things that worry this market are not only the Chinese tariffs, but a laundry list of other things
2: that that won't solve. Yeah, so a delay of the tariffs, and we may get that. We've seen a lot of that over the last year, or kind of like some just softer conversation, but I think it's important to go back to August 1st, when Trump uh, first tweeted that about these September 1st tariffs. The S&P was over 3,000, you know, and so we're, like, you know, a couple percent, two, three percent um, below those levels. So if you're asking me whether we get like some just sort of softening into September on that sort of rhetoric, could the S&P go back there? Of course it could, but I guess I go back to this, and I sound like a broken record, every new high that we've had in the S&P has been a great opportunity to sell and have the opportunity to reload uh, much lower. And I'll just make one other point. You know, quarter to date here, um, we are down. You know, the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ are both down about um, 50 bips here. So heading into September, if you look at what was really strong in August, it was very defensive stuff. Staples, REITs, utilities. uh, utilities up almost 5%. That's not particularly bullish from where I'm sitting.
3: And I do think that's what the playbook probably continues to look like. What's worked over the past 12 to 18 months probably continues to work. Investors are going to go to tech for growth, and they're going to look to some of these defensive areas of the market because rates probably stay low. But you have to be impressed a little bit about how well the market has actually held up in light of everything you're talking about. I mean, that's been pretty bullish, I think, going forward. And I think a lot of that has to do with sentiment. If you look at institutional uh, investor surveys as it relates to confidence, if you look at ETF flows, still pretty aggressive on the way out. And then the put-call ratio in the options market, for example, pushing into the 95th percentile, usually when skepticism is that high in the options market, Mm -hmm. returns over the next three months, pretty strong. 4.5% versus under 1% for all observations. So I think we could still do okay here pushing into the fall.
4: I mean, you think that's just it? It's just okay at best. Yeah, right? I agree. As an asset class, it's just not working. You're not being paid for the risk to embrace equities now for almost 18 months. And the real recent change is we're starting to lose big, heavy, idiosyncratic growth names. Twitter, I mean, the only one that's holding, about Twillow, no good. Zen, no good. Microsoft starting to stall. Um, we, we're losing software. There's a couple things that are not right. If we lose our leadership... The market cannot hold up under that.
0: See, that's interesting, because just yesterday, Dan said that Microsoft was the best-looking chart in the entire market. Still is. Well, if they stick around
2: for the next half an hour during OA, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. I just want to make one really important point to me. You know, Jeff no doubt about it. The S&P acts really well. It, it really, 2-3% off of the all-time highs. You know what also acts well? The U.S. dollar. You know what also acts well? U.S. Treasuries. To me, it's kind of the same trade. It's a safety trade right now. I mean, you're just seeing... But why do you say it acts um, well?
4: What's... What, 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 when banks well, are relative, in industrials, well, what I'm saying is, acting well. No, no. no
2: what it what has I'm saying out of the S&P like you know, yeah, on a relative which basis... top five
4: stocks are more in the bottom 300. In the top 15 I, I'm not telling whole-
2: you that I think you go out and buy it because it's only down 3%, but right. I'm saying that it's it stuck up here. It's it's holding in there at a time when the dollar just made new two-year highs and bonds and U.S. Treasuries make new highs where, every And
3: where are you going to go? I hate to make the Tina there argument. There is no
0: alternative. I, I've said
3: this on the show before. Over the long term, I hate that argument. Low interest rates, we're pulling forward returns. But now the equity risk premium still is really large, so investors are going to look to the equity markets. You have institutional investors, again, they need to meet these high return objectives. So for now, you could see P/E start to expand to close that gap a little bit. But isn't
4: that what musical chairs are all about? That's what crowding is. That's one of the most dangerous things. That's what complacency is. And it it might be right, but when it ends, it ends in fireworks every single time.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's hard to argue complacency now, though, just because of those sentiment indicators. You haven't seen this big rush into the market. So I agree. I understand what you're saying. But look at the options market. Look at the action inputs. There's a lot of interest there. So I don't know how complacent the market is here.
1: It's interesting. What we didn't mention is, again, you know, the Chinese amassing troops at the border. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen this weekend that are really bad. And when the Hong Kong situation, everybody seems to have forgotten that seems to get worse almost by the day. That's not gonna, i don't think that's going to uh, clean itself up anytime soon. So what happens if something bad happens there? Does that put the pressure on the Trump administration not to do a deal with the Chinese? So there's so many bad things out there. And you then does that
0: put pressure on the Fed?
1: No, uh, You're going to get it—well, it's interesting— it should right. not. I mean, they should it have, should not, in my opinion. Ultimately, You it read does. that op-ed this week, this past week. Still very deadly. interesting stuff. And you mentioned on one of your shows you do about seven a day, which is unbelievable, <laughs> by the way. Yeoman's work. But you said now there are five countries whose entire yield curve is now negative. negative. That's... You know, th- think about that. By definition, that has to be su- somewhat negative. So, again, ch- U.S.-China trade, I get it everybody's talking about that, but there are f- there's so many other things we should be concerned about.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, the president had a tweet today that I just th- thought was just it- – it's just demeaning, I think, to manufacturers, to farmers here in oh, the U.S. The weak was, companies He was talking tweet. about weak companies blaming stuff on tariffs. Well, what's going to happen every time that he caves on one of his threats about tariffs? What does that mean? Does that mean that we have weak leadership? Because I, I actually think it's a really dangerous situation here. We've weaponized tariffs tariffs, but we're actually doing it in a manner that is really hurting American citizens right now. It's hurting global growth. And so when I think about like what we have to, to, to um, you know face in September with these deadlines, the fact that we're going down to the wire on a tariff deadline over a holiday weekend makes no sense. It's a self-own, as they say, and, and shooting yourself in the foot if that thing is the thing that turns right. the market down in September. And also, but
4: speaking, if the market's OK or whatever it can only go up or prosper if one of two things happen. We are kind of expect earnings growth to somehow recover and get and, and or multiple expansion or both. And our, what is the case for either of those scenarios? An expansion in the multiple. I mean, if rates are where they are, frankly, the multiple should be 35 on the S&P. Where is, where is the great move based on the DCF, based on the dividend discount model, based on however you want to play with the numbers? I mean, equity risk premium, it all should be so cheap. What's the problem? Something's wrong.
0: What would you say to that, Jeff?
3: I still think, because the Fed probably cuts interest rates, that, yeah, maybe the multiple should be 35, but I still think there's room for the multiple to expand. If we're not going into a recession... What
0: expands, though? I mean...
3: The price. The price goes up faster than earnings. You're probably not going to see earnings recover to the extent that okay, you're so talking let's about. Say, let's, oh. let's take okay. that okay. Off. So all, off. I think that's yeah. off the table. But you still have really low interest rates in an economy where I don't think we're going immediately into a recession. The strength of the consumer has been well covered. We could talk about that. But I think if rates are being cut and we're not going directly into a recession, and I'm not talking about multiples blowing up and us, us ratcheting up 30% from here. The
0: consumer being strong, though, is an interesting sort of yeah, argument because you have global weakness. And also, it's only things
4: like Dollar General and Walmart. They don't hire Walmart. as much. Right.
0: You know, and then it hits the consumer because jobless I mean, if we don't see a movement in jobless claims, you know, higher... Then maybe we're okay, but the minute we see that, we haven't, concern, yeah, we you know? haven't
3: seen it yet. And jobless c- claims can be a noisy indicator. We actually looked at jobless c- claims, but we looked at longer run moving averages. So the six month moving average versus the 24 month moving average. When you see that six month moving average cross over the 24 months, so that trend in jobless claims actually starts to go up. That's when forward returns start to struggle, and we haven't seen that well, for, yet. Well, Plus, they're me. at extremely low levels right now. So even if there's yeah. a crossover there, jobless claims are still very, very low. Well, I I think you could say over the last 19 months that forward returns are being strained, right? We haven't made any incremental
2: progress. And what to Carter's point, we're seeing a lot of leadership not participate. We're seeing darlings like Ulta was down 100 points today. That was like 30% in one fell swoop. So I just want to make one point. On this desk, and we, we're, we want you back as much as possible, we are not going to ring a bell about the stock market calls when we get a recession call. That's not going to happen. That's going to be way in the future. The stock market is going to go down in front of that. Right. And so what we're trying to do is figure that out. So to me, I don't give a I don't care about a recession. That policy. was close. That no, was close. But just been saying, no, but that, that's just not how we're going to play yeah. on fast money. I'm we're just saying, we're like, that's, always going
3: that's we're we're to be long stocks. Yeah. And that's why I do think the positioning is important. So talking about some of the the less risky parts of the market, the more defensive parts, I think the market can grind higher. And that's where you want to be in the market.
0: All right. So what are the charts saying as we head into one of the weakest months for stocks? Historically, sure. the chart master says, wake me up when September ends. Ooh, uh, head over to the. You know,
4: the charts reflect what you have just been hearing, which is there's a great debate raging. We have perfect equilibrium. Equilibrium represents a standoff between those who like and those who don't like, meaning bears and bulls. We have – but it's not a malaise, right? It's not – calm, it's sharp indecision. There's a huge debate going on, and all debates come to an end. And the more violent the debate, the more violent the resolution. It's just sort of how life works. Let's look at a few charts. So we have this well-defined range. It's the month of August. But it's not a calm thing. It's highly volatile. So take a look at the following charts that follow. We have had a succession of two- and three-session drops, 4%, 4%, 35 And then we've had the opposite, we've had quick recoveries of almost the same duration up 4.3, up 4, up 3.7, each lasting two to three sessions. So this violent debate, and there's an adage from the 1930s, it says sharp indecision is resolved sharply. I mean, there's a big debate, and it's going to be big. Somehow there's a trade resolution, and up it goes, or, of course, the earnings all come out flat. There is no trade resolution, and the thing down it goes. And you can make your bets accordingly. That's what makes it so fascinating, which makes the conversation on the desk so relevant. But the levels to watch, 29.45, 28.25. It is... Basically, about a hundred plus point range. In fact, you'll see it here, 120 points. Now, were we to break to the downside? That's my thesis. What you have is a measured move. You take the width of the range and you project down. So, 120 points down, got the arrow here, which you can see, and 120 points down would take you to essentially the 2705 level. Now, what is that level? That's just slightly below where we were. In June, so the June 1st low, just to put this in context, right, is 2728. And it is not random that all of this consolidation is happening under the line. We're stuck here. So you break, you consolidate, and, again, the bull would say it's going to break back above. My premise is you get the second break in the direction of the primary break, and that basically we're going to approach and violate the June low.
0: Carter, why don't you come back on over as we digest What choice does does he have? Well, we could just keep him there until away. You
1: know, Carter's a lot of things, Mel, but he's not an American idiot. And I like a lot of... Th- Dan, did you catch that? Yeah, wake me up on September And I, I like a lot oh, of things day. that he said. And, wow. you know, we get criticized a lot. You're always, you always so negative. But, you know, we're trying to point out some of the things that can go wrong. And i got to tell you something. The warning signs are all there right now. The fact that the market goes higher, it is what it is. But it doesn't mean it should be going higher. Again, The warning signs are in place. And quickly about the American consumer, I know what Jeff is saying. I say this a lot. I'm not suggesting I'm right. But don't confuse the health of the U.S. consumer with the strength of the U.S. consumer, because they're two entirely different things. U.S. consumer will spend money into oblivion as long as they feel good about things. And they feel good about things
2: when the stock market goes up every single day. Yeah. We're also seeing a trade down. Dollar General, Walmart, Target. Right. That's fantastic. This- but you know what? Wasn't great. Tiffany wasn't great. Well, uh, Williams-Sonoma, Capri, uh, Tapestry, auto sales. Home sales are topping out. So those, to me, are the the focus on the U.S. consumer it's that I want to do.
4: highly be. defensive. I mean, Dollar General, that's literally yeah. uh, Walmart. It's paycheck to paycheck stuff. The things that should be prospering are not.
0: Coming up, it's been a rough month for this tech stock. We'll explain why one of the Dow's previously best performers took a downturn. Plus, a new set of tariffs going into effect Sunday at midnight. And Jane Wells is on the front lines to break it all down. Hey, Jane.
5: Hey, Melissa. I'm still going through this list of stuff that's going to be tariffs starting Sunday. Walruses, emus, interbutyltobenzioethylosophonemine. I don't know... Importers are front-loading those, but when we come back, something they really are front-loading, which is very telling about what's going on, with Fast Money Returns.
0: Welcome back to Fast Money. The countdown is on. We're just one day, six hours, forty-three minutes, fifteen, fourteen, thirteen oh. seconds with the next next round of tariffs kicking in on China. But some retailers have already gotten ahead of the trade war. For now, let's get to Jane Wells at the Port of Los Angeles, where the clock is ticking
5: to the deadline. Jane. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, well, Melissa. Uh, these tariffs are going to hit a lot of things that consumers buy. So it's basically been a red alert, no pun intended, to get things here before Sunday, uh, even if it costs more to get them here. So let me give you a specific example. Take those Black Friday TVs. Now, Stephen Ferrera of Oceanata says those TVs don't usually start arriving here from China at this port until the end of September. But after the president announced these new tariffs, August 1st, Ferrera says TVs became the single largest so-called bulk move between August 15th and the 26th from China into this port. 30 to 50 containers, on average, per ship from China were filled with TVs. Of course, the president later delayed the TV tariff to December, but by the time he'd already said that, those ships had set sail. Mm, say that. Now I want to show you also something about how supply chains are changing. Okay, this is an image I took from the marine traffic app from right now showing the ships right around me. The light green squares are container ships in the area right around me. There are 19 six of that 19 are from China. So less than a third and a port where usually 60 percent of the traffic is coming from China. So six, though, is still more than anybody else. But South Korea comes in second with three. Then you have two ships each from Japan. Let me see Taiwan and Canada, followed by Vietnam. There's a ship from Thailand, and there's even one container ship here from France, guys. Back to you.
0: Wow, Jane Wells in San Pedro, California, as I learned this morning.
1: It's not San Pedro.
0: Joe said San Pedro, and Jane just excoriated him.
1: Excoriated? Oh Oh, my,
0: and he's from here. You should know better.
1: Isn't Jane the best? I mean, how can Jane barely. not be on the show like on oh, weekly basis? Every day. Every day. Every
0: oh, day. I'll sign God. up for that right now. <laughs> Enough. Stop. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Jane. Thank you. Jane Wells in San Pedro, California. We saw this with the border with the threat of the border tax. We saw a lot of retailers pull in their goods uh, before Christmas to try and make up, and, and that caused for a lot of lumpiness. I mean, we you know, in terms of the economic data. And then also, we didn't really know what the impact was for a while. That's
1: why one of the reasons that one GDP preprint, which everybody got so excited about, was probably a function of everybody pulling things forward. And that's great if you pull things forward if there's demand on the back end. I'm not certain there's going to be that demand on the back end, which was really what sets us up for some dicey times over the next couple months. So, again... There are more things going on than just U.S.-China right now, and I think you have to be aware. It's a great weekend to go and just think about what's going on in the world and ask yourself, is that a good environment for
3: stocks?
0: But you think that actually the consumer is going to deteriorate that much between today and, say, Black Friday or today and Christmas?
3: I, I think it's so hard to know because we are at this crossroads. If you look at the consumer confidence data definitely rolling over, but still somewhat elevated. And which way is it going to break probably depends a lot on what happens with trade. And I know it's going to be dicey. I know this is going to drag on for a long time, but I still find it hard to believe that the president is going to try to torpedo the economy or to torpedo the market heading into an election year. He knows that the presidents that don't get reelected, it's because the economy is not doing well. So maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I think that's enough to keep confidence levels where they are.
4: I mean, you think the- On an investment side, it really gets down to this. We know there is no consumer discretionary sector. It's 62 stocks. It's, what, 10 11% of the S&P, and yet five names are half the weight, and you know the names. Amazon's 21%, Home Depot, McDonald's, Starbucks, Nike. You've got, the. if you look at the equal weight sector, so now you get rid of the influence of just a few names. It is making new 52-week relative lows and all-time relative lows compared to the actual sector. And it's back to 2010 relative to the S&P. It's really sorting out the winners and losers. All of these things that are going to end up closing their stores, closing their doors, it's just a few names, and those names are getting back to, are they GARP? They're all expensive.
0: For more on how businesses are preparing for this weekend's Harris, head on over to our website, CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. Here's what's coming up next.
5: Still
1: ahead, we're checking in on the hotels. Do you know if the hotels pager-friendly?
4: Why the options market has some serious reservations about one well-known hotel chain. Stick with us. Fast Money will be right back.
0: Welcome back to Fast. Quick programming note. Catcher documentary High Risk, High Reward Cannabis, Inc. Find out why some experts are sounding the alarm on this booming industry. That's Wednesday, 6 p.m., on CNBC. All right, from high times to a major buzzkill. Check out Cisco, the worst performer in the Dow this month, having its worst month since 2012. The stock down 17% in August. Guy.
1: Mm -hmm. And we talked about this when they reported earnings. We said it wasn't so much the quarter, it was the commentary. And the commentary from Cisco changed in basically a month and a half, two months, in a huge way, a total 180. And again, Not that Cisco is the entire market. It's not. But i got to tell you something. It is definitely one of the bellwether names. Now, it's easy to cherry pick and say, oh, well, Cisco, throw it out. But you can do it on the other side as well. I think Cisco is trying to tell the story of what's really going on in the world. And you got to pay attention. If you choose not to, that's fine as well. Because you know what? I see the market's within 3% of an all-time high. But that's not telling the picture I think Cisco really is.
0: How's the chart, Carter? Well, what it tried to
4: do, of course, and failed was get back to its dot-com high, right? The stock almost got there in the mid-60s, and then it's rolled over. It's a bad chart.
2: Yeah, so what I think is troubling is that this company or the stock in particular was rewarded in May when they reported and they had some good commentary about how they had shifted their supply chains to avoid right. tariffs. And so that's the change that Guy um, is talking about. So to me, um, that's a bit troubling. Again, it's a cheap stock. This will benefit on a substantive trade deal, but not on one that just focuses on a trade deficit. It has to be about, uh, you know, tech and, and, and uh, forced technology. And I'll just pile
3: on really quickly. Yeah. They've been doing a lot of buybacks, and that probably decelerates over the next couple of quarters. So from a technical perspective, you maybe lose a little bit of a bid there too.
0: All right, time for the final trade ahead of the Labor Day weekend. Let's go around the horn, Carter. You know,
4: home builders I think should be acting better given where rates are. I think you sell ITB.
0: Jeff Mills.
3: I'm going to stick with emerging markets. I think for long-term investors, this is still a good play, and I think the global manufacturing sector actually starts to bottom toward the end of the year. The dollar may weaken there, and that could be a catalyst for EM going into 2020.
2: Uh, yeah, it seems like we spent a lot of time talking about U.S. Treasuries and the yield curve inversion. There, stay tuned. O.A. Right after this, we're going to talk about high yield corporate debt, the HYG. I got a cheap way to play it to the downside.
0: Is he allowed final, to do final that trade? Is and he allowed? These rolled up in yeah. one. Is that? Uh, it's admissible? like a duck yeah.
1: You got two thirds. Well, actually, three quarters of the O.A. team right yeah. here, right here. Exactly. Jeff and I will be leaving. Right. But what I want to point out, Twitter trades extraordinarily well. Don't be surprised if it makes a move to last July's high of 47.
0: All right. Uh, Jeff, great to have you with us. That does it for us here on Fast. Don't go anywhere. Options action is coming up next.